Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. All right. Test, test, test. Yeah. Welcome back to the audio experience. Brought to you by none other than Onyx Unt. Yep. Nailed that, didn't I? You nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Because I used to say Onyx Maps all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's Onyx Hunt. So anyway, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us today. Today's kind of a special one because we have a whole bunch of things going on. We've got Dirk the Bugler Durham. Oh, hey there. In the house. Oh, hey there. Hey there. (laughs) That's your like line of all lines. It's easy to remember. Yeah, it is easy. I'm not a man of many words. Yeah. And uh, we're doing this. uh, We're going to do some interactive calls so we're going to do some some live calling of people so what we did is if you haven't ever been on our instagram page what we did is reach out on instagram and said hey anybody that has a question possibly for dirk or us or something like that anyway to dm us with your number and your question and we're going to call you live and uh we'll talk about it and and answer a question for you so which is really cool for us so we get to actually interact with all of you guys and not just talking to a microphone to yeah no and i think this is kind of the foundation of the the audio experience was when we first started this uh quite a few of the episodes we did this and we haven't really done it much in the last year so with dirk in town wanted to fire that back up and uh yeah like trent said talk with you guys and uh hopefully answer some questions and bring some value to you today so with that, with I think that, we've got our first caller. Roll hard. Who do we got? Okay, good, good talk, Tyler. Tyler. Tyler's new. Tyler's new to the crew, so he says, "Ha ha, sweet babe." Oh, different, different text. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> got awkward. <laughs> oh, whoa, what was that a picture of? Do we have a name here? Well, we're ringing pretty heavily. Uh, he cannot get to the phone. His name is Taylor. <laughs> So, the, 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 just train wreck, train wreck, starting to go down the tracks. Derailed. All right. Derailed. So, so, so Taylor's question was: so this is what you know when we do the DM thing, we have your number and also the question. So, if you don't answer, I understand it's from Tyler's phone, and he's you know nobody wants to answer his number apparently. <laughs> Planning my first elk hunt in Colorado next year. So, my question is: what type of food and snacks do you pack for a backcountry hunt? I like to take a loaf of bread. I mean, you never, you never know when you want to, might want to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, are you, you, get, you sponsored get like, by Wonder Bread? I am. Like, oh, I thought you were. I thought you were going to go Dave's Killer Bread. Like, oh. so actually, yeah, he's got some, too, too many grains. Too many seeds and stuff. I've heard he's, he's like, back in jail. Yeah, enriched actually. white flour. Yeah, I'm like, not into the enriched anything. I'm, I'm, I'm blue collar, all right? Okay. <laughs> 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 no, I, uh, here, here's the snacks I like to take. I like to take jerky. I like to take uh, pepperoni sticks. I like to take uh, wasabi almonds. These are these oh. are Trent's favorite. Oh yeah, wasabi oh, almonds. I love, I'm in with you. Like yeah. I, I just told in. you about my bad experience with wasabi. <laughs> Way too much. Did, did it burn? <laughs> oh my goodness! I had one of those from uh, oh just a steakhouse, and I just accidentally I didn't know they dabbed it on there, and I just dipped all the whole thing and. <laughs> I ruined the whole meal. It ruined the whole meal. Oh, yeah. It yeah, it was terrible, That's, man. I, yeah, I cannot. Trans notorious for doing that every single time. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's tapatio. Yeah, yeah, yeah tapatio. <laughs> oh, not me, wasabi. <laughs> yeah, wasabi will take your breath away oh. and about make you puke if you, you overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, do you have? 
because I'm more on the technical side. So yeah. I, I look through some calories and try to figure that out. Do you pay much attention to that? Or you just, do you um, do daily ration bags or you take all your food, throw it in there and then just kind of eat through it? Or so how? I do daily ration bags and uh, I don't put a lot of data into it, like how many calories per ounce or anything, but I take things I like to eat and that are they're good for me i want i want some protein i want some fats i want some stuff that's going to stick with me burn slow um, i try to avoid like a lot of the sugar sugary stuff uh, because that stuff just makes me feel like crap it seems like um back when i used to take those uh sweet and salty um bars you know the little granola yeah, bars yeah, or whatever. Yeah, those things are delicious but man they're just nothing but sugar horrible yeah and yeah. i just felt like crap all the time so i tried to start um, eating a little better maybe have some uh, protein bar stuff try to have something that tastes good but doesn't have a lot of crap in it which is tough and i have a hard time eating those so i don't even know if i'll have the pro protein bars this year because a lot of times i bring those back and i don't even don't eat them even because they don't yeah. i don't like them yeah. what do you do for main meals uh, i like a mountain house or something usually um just something i like the, the flavor of you know uh take and i've added up uh, a lot of times I'll take some uh, those little packets of olive oil, add some extra fat. You know, we're trying to get some uh, extra calories here in the back country. So um, little packets of Tapatio, those go a long ways too. Those are awesome. So um, that's that's kind of my, my but, jam. Yeah, so I think like you talked about, I think one of the keys there is having a daily ration bag and knowing yep. like, okay, I got to eat this by the end of the day to, in order to fuel my body for what, what I'm going to go through. I, and I agree completely on utilizing food that you enjoy because the worst part when you're up there like food just doesn't taste as good honestly on I would the mountain. Agree. so you sometimes are having to choke stuff down so if it's mediocre may may have the calories that you need but you don't really enjoy it half time like I said the protein bars they make it back to the pickup um, over the years i've kind of gone through and like started crossing things off the list that i'd carried in the years past same scenario i'm kind of opposite on some of that stuff like I love Sour Patch Kids up there. Like if we, if I know we got to bomb up this mountain, like I'll, instead of having like Gucci's or anything like that, I, I use Sour Patch Kids. You kind of use that in running a lot and that endurance stuff where it's yeah. on that high turnover. It isn't like the best fuel, but it's an instant kind of a deal. Um, yeah, and I'm definitely more on kind of planning out, trying to hit that 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day and at least 100 calories per ounce or I won't carry it for the most part. Right. Like try to strive for that 150 mark though. And I think realistically you can get your food down to pound and a half, you know, 20 ounces a day if you're in that 150 calories per ounce range. So yeah, that's, and, and you got something new this year. Yeah, right? I'm gonna be doing something different this year and it's still not refined. I don't have it like it to exact science yet. Actually, I, uh, Purchased a dehydrator the other day, so I'm going to be doing some some different stuff this year. It's not going to be uh, a fruit roll up and a couple pieces of jerky and let it rip this year. So I'm going to try some stuff that is that is a little different. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And but I'm pretty excited about this year as far as just like I don't know knowing more of what goes in your body. I think in the past, like what I've dealt with is as far as I've just used my mind. I think honestly to just go hunting. And it's just like, well, I know I can do it and just tough through it and let's just go. And instead of like using your body as a tool and trying to actually, you know, 
put in the like Dirk was just saying like you know put stuff into your body that actually is good for you and you can burn some more and and you're not tapping into other resources other than what you want to tap into at the time, right? If that makes any sense. So, but you're rolling pretty keto type. I, mean, I am, yeah, yeah. I, I will be, yeah. I'll read like those f bombs. Yeah. Uh, those awesome. Are those are those yeah. are really really good Love for those. you. And, I, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning a lot of stuff. Uh, we did a podcast with a, uh, Mike and Ryan from Fuel the Pursuit, and anyway, and and I'll have a bunch of that stuff maybe coming up as far as like what I'm doing and what what's helping me out to, to, to do what I want to do. So anyway, but, um, but yeah, this, this season's going to be, I'm really, really anxious for this season a little bit more uh, just to see how, how I do or how, how it kind of pans Yeah, because I, I I've witnessed Trent, like he's got Hershey Kisses, some almonds, and fruit roll-ups. Like that's kind of like his go-to with a beef yeah. stroke at the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah, a beef stroke, and then in between, like a top ramen. Top ramen, right? Yeah, yeah. comfort food. So if you will. it's going to be different this year. It's yeah. going to be a lot different than that. And uh, anyway, I'm I'm kind of excited to do it. It's uh, I will say like, and this is totally off the food conversation, but like when you go into different avenues, I think, and if it may be food, or if it may be your hunting style, if it may be switching to a recurve bow, something of that nature, it like rejuvenates a little bit of that of the hunt right i I think and um anyway i don't think this is this year's any different for me it's just something different that i'm going to do that i'm i don't know i'm kind of excited you're excited about it test it out see how it works out absolutely experimentation experimentation i love it leads to something there's a line there but yeah Yeah. so yeah no great question though and I, i think for all those listeners that haven't experienced it try to do an overnight trip before season I mean, it, even if it's a small deal or car camping out of your deal, at least just go through the process, setting up your tent, using the stuff you're going to use in the field. Great advice. Yeah. I mean, and, and you can just maybe adjust from there and be like, man, I slept horrible. Maybe I need to spend more money on a pad that's comfortable um, food for one. But just, you know, just use it and get some experience before you don't be the first time on the mountain. And this is your first ever experience. And it could, you know, it, Confidence is key, right? Confidence is key. So you break down those barriers of, you know what? I haven't ever tried this. Uh, probably shouldn't do it this year. You know what I mean? No, go out for a couple of days, like Cody was just saying, and you'll start gaining confidence of, oh, I can do this. And then pretty soon you're doing whatever you want and conquering the whole mountain. It, you know, it doesn't matter. So Yeah. So, so if I'm doing day trips, yeah. what I like to take is I like to take a sandwich, okay? A bagel sandwich. Yeah, use some kind of lunch meat like uh, mm-hmm. uh, beef or turkey or whatever, and then like slice salami, um, salami and cream cheese, cream on, cheese the on the bagel, and then maybe a piece of cheese. Um, and man, it's delicious. There's a lot of food value there. You get you got those carbs in the bagel to give you some some uh, some I don't know energy. And I'll usually take a couple of those, one for lunch, and then one if my hunt runs late and if I have to, you know, hike out in the dark, or maybe I kill a bull. At least I have something else that I like to eat sure. that will give me, you know, energy to get out of the woods. So, yeah, that's good advice. All right, next caller, let's roll. We are calling Lively Four. Hey, is this Lively Four? How about now? Levi. This is uh, Trent at Born and Raised Outdoors. Oh, how are you? 
I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing really, really well. Um, we had a little call-in session. You are live on the podcast right now. And uh, anyway, we just uh, got your question. Do you want to what, – what, what was your question? It was, uh, what do you recommend for the uh, – what's the best beginner call for – because I'm going out of state next year. Beginner call. We've Dirk. got Dirk the Bugler Durham right across from me right here. Oh, and, hey there. Oh, hey there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would recommend probably getting a handful of different calls, maybe three or four. Um, you know, you have to spend a little bit of money on this, but you'll have like a sampling of different thicknesses and different stretches of latex. That way you'll probably find one out of that mix that you really like and some that are just okay. And as you, as you, as you work with that one that you like pretty well, um, you'll probably find a little more confidence in those other calls too. So I would pick up a handful of them, you know, like the Bro Kill pack. That's a pretty diverse pack. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Phelps has got s- several, you know, that have different um, thicknesses of latex too, aside from the, the Bro pack. So yeah, it's just like you want to experiment because maybe what your best friend likes or, or somebody recommends on social media may work great for them, but it just may not work for you, just how you blow a call or maybe the shape of your mouth. So um, I, would, I would recommend experimenting and finding the one that works great, best for you. Yeah, and then, and then the other thing, this is Cody here. Um, I would definitely look at getting like a, an estrus external, external read. I think that simplicity side of it is, is probably right out of the gate going to be easier. Are, are you familiar with diaphragm calls? Like have you used them turkey hunting or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I've used um, turkey hunting. Okay. Um, this year was my first year using a diaphragm called turkey hunting. Okay, yeah, but that, I mean, diaphragm call is going to be the most versatile, um, and, it, and it really, it just, it's going to take practice, like shooting your bow uh, and spending a lot of time behind it. Um, you know, don't just try to go on your drive out there to make it happen in the truck, you know, trying to learn, learn how to call. So, um, you know, get as much practice in early as possible okay sweet yeah where where are you from levi what's that where are you from where do you live uh i live in spokane valley oh okay you're in washington there perfect have you ever been out of state before sorry you cut out have you ever been out of state hunting before Uh, i have with my buddy he moved to uh post falls and so it's just right you know 30 miles away so it's like might as well tag along Oh yeah, I really got hooked. Yeah, you guys are you're, you're gonna have a blast, man. You guys are gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. Oh, you will, you will. Well, thank you so much, man, for ringing in and, and taking part in this, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Absolutely, man. All right, have Thanks a great night. Yeah, yeah, send you us. Too. Hey, send us some pictures. All right. We'll do. All right, buddy. Bye. We'll see you. Bye. Yeah, that's so cool. We get a, we get a lot of emails as far as, you know, hey, how many diaphragms do I need to take on a hunt? We talked yeah. about this a little bit today. Uh, Dirk, he's been with us for the last couple of days, and we've done um, some videos. Check out our YouTube channel, and we've done some videos on some calling techniques, different sounds, uh, different elk sounds and stuff. And, and man, I, I think I can speak for everybody here. Dirk is pretty... Legit. Pretty proficient on a yeah. bugle tube. Yeah, when it comes down to it. and uh, I can play. I, I can, can play. I can play. <laughs> I can play. But 
what is your number of calls, Dirk? Like if someone says, all right, I'm going to hunt for, most people usually get a week, right? Week they get that, days, right? That, that seven to 10 days, right? right? So what, 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 how many would you say? How many calls do you need? I, I don't think you want to undershoot and be like, oh man, I wish I'd have brought more calls. Yeah. Thing is, it's, uh, it's almost like beer, right? You, you, you take too much, you can always take it home with you, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a but good if you, if you don't have enough, well, you're kind of schnikey, yeah, right? Yeah, you got to drive town. So, now I got a new answer on him. So <laughs> you're welcome. Write that down. Write that, write that down. But, you know, if, if you, realistically, I would t- say take five or six calls with you. Um, you never know. Um, sometimes you drop those things when you're walking. Yeah, you yeah. cough. Maybe it just falls out of your whatever you're holding in a pouch or your pocket or whatever. Uh, they're hard to find if you drop it in the brush. Yeah. Um, also, maybe you have, your buddy runs out. You know, he needs a call, or you meet a you meet somebody in the back country and you want to befriend them and say, "Hey, here's a call." You know, go ahead and try it. Or maybe you just—it's been a phenomenal weekend. You got bulls screaming like crazy, and you've actually worn some calls out. Um, you want to make sure that you have enough to get through because if if calling is your main mode of operation, as soon as you run out of calls, you're out of business. So I would definitely have five or six of them. And then uh, like last year, I used like two and a half. That means I used two calls that were ju- that, that finally I just threw away. Blew them out. Blew them out. Yeah. And then the third call I started on and I got, you know, I got it broken good and then season was over. Um, year before I used three and a half. So, you know, I started on my fourth call and it was a, had a lot more bugling the year before. So, you know, five or six is a definitely a, a, a good number to have. And, like I say, they're not going to go bad. Just take care of them, and then you can practice in the off-season with them if you have leftovers. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, it, it, it's way easier to have them than not. And, you know, realistically. They're not that much weight. Yeah, you know, and, or even money at that point. They're yeah. literally one of the cheapest items that you're going to have in your pack. And that could be the differentiator between killing an elk and not. Right, yeah. right. And a lot of people ask, who, who are new at elk calling, you know, how long can I expect these calls to last? And they're a perishable item. I mean, once you start using them, getting them wet, getting them in your mouth and stuff, and you start blowing on them a lot and doing a lot of calling, you know, um, to, to use that same one diaphragm for two or three years, that's just not, that's not really possible. That's it's not, not the realistic. Game. Yeah, yeah. I would say you're probably going to use two, three, four, however many, depending on how much calling you're doing. Right. Um, and then they're just a perishable item. You, once you use them up, throw them away. Um, if you have some that are left that are, that are good that you've used but still sound good, when you get home, rinse them off with cold water, let them dry real good. You can put them in the refrigerator. You can put them in your sock drawer somewhere out of the sunlight. Right. And, and you can use them, you know, in the off season for practicing and stuff or, you know, maybe you just want to save them till next year. Yeah. You can do that. But, uh, um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to think that your calls are going to last for several years. That's just not a thing with diaphragms. Right. Yeah. No, I think you're right. That's uh, a great question. Awesome question. Hello. Is this Kellen? Yes, sir. Hey, this is Trent Fisher from Born and Raised Outdoors, buddy. Hey, what's up? Not too much, man. I've got Cody and I've got Dirk Durham also here. Um, we're uh, taking some live calls. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you DMing us, man, and. Uh, what is what was your question you had? Well, cool. I appreciate y'all guys calling me. Um, my question for y'all was basically, how do y'all deal with when you arrive to a trailhead that's just packed? You know, what's a good like um, strategy for 
how y'all are going to hunt that versus, you know, showing up to one that's not packed? That's, that's an awesome question. We've had times, and if you've seen some of our earlier stuff, you go to a trailhead that looks like the Disneyland parking lot, and you're like, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> it, it weighs on you, man. It's like, oh, my goodness. Um, but, but, yeah, no, that's a great question. And, um, honestly, I mean, from my point of view, and, I, and I'll, I'll let these other guys weigh in here in a second, but it's, uh, it's a confidence thing. I mean, if you're confident in your calling, you're confident in your shooting, all you have to do is find that elk, right? It only takes one, right? So yeah, sense. yeah, so I mean, don't let that. You've got to figure ninety percent of those people are not going to leave the trail. Are probably not leaving that trail. Yeah, or within a half mile of it. Nope, they're going to stay on that. Gotcha. We've seen it time and time again where parking lots are filled with people, but we never see a hunter after we're in where we're hunting. If you see what I mean there. So yeah, it's been it's been really really. Um, you know, it, it's been a good experience for us by seeing all that and then going in and still being successful. And um, it, it just, it's a, it's a confidence builder, but you can't get discouraged because at the same time, if there's that many people there, it means there's probably a lot of animals yeah, there, right? There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of to add on Trent's uh, deal there, use those people to your advantage. So if, you, if you're hiking in on that trailhead and, and you're starting to see all these camps in certain areas, you can kind of figure out majority, they're gonna hunt these finger ridges just out of camp. You know, if those guys are hunting there, where is that gonna push the elk? And kind of use that to your advantage and kind of uh, play around with those other people and, and make your plan accordingly. And, you know, I think the big thing, when there is a lot of people, those other people get discouraged. And so you might yeah. pull into the trailhead on a Saturday, it's jam packed. By Tuesday, half those people are coming off the mountain and moving spots. Um, and so, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, later on as, as a week goes on, things can kind of clear out and all of a sudden change. We've had a case where there was 20 rigs at the trailhead. When we came out at the end of our trip, there was we were the only rig or two, two rigs left yeah. there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you know it's, it's definitely one, you're gonna have higher pressure Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so, you know, maybe depending on what dates you're going, like start on a Wednesday and hunt through the weekend and into midweek the next week, if you can, just uh, based on your vacation. Gotcha. Dirt? Yeah, yeah, I'd like we're to. We're headed to Colorado for the first time for two weeks, and you know, the last thing I wanted to do was pull up to a trailhead and you know immediately be discouraged by just how many people are there. So, um, you know, having a good strategy going in and like you said, being confident, I think that's going to help. Yeah, for no, sure. totally understandable. Totally understandable. Yeah, and it's even with us that we've done it for a long time. You get somewhere and you're like, oh man, there's a ton of people here, and it does. I mean, it it will take some wind out of your sails, and um, yeah. But just just push on if you have confidence in where you're hunting. If you've done your e scouting, if you've done all that, and, and you know pre before, just just stay the course, pretty much. Dirk, what do you got? Dirk, yeah. you have Dirk, Dirk, you have anything? Yeah. Um, so I'd like to say, when, so when you pull into that, um, you pull into that trailhead, and there's 20 rigs parked there. Don't let that take the wind out of your sails. Kind of, kind of go the opposite way. Say, challenge accepted. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I might be losing y'all. It's cutting out real bad. Okay, I'd, I'd say whenever you you pull into that trailhead, and there's a lot of rigs there. Um, kind of, kind of go the other way from getting the, the wind out of your sails. Kind of have an attitude of challenge accepted. Um, mm -hmm. You have to think what what is everyone else doing. 
So they're probably gonna stick to the trails, they're probably gonna do this. A lot of people are not proficient callers, so they're probably gonna be going to cow calls a lot. They're gonna be using a cow call a lot because it's easy, uh -huh. right? Or they're gonna use the old Doug Flutie bugle that's easy to bugle. So some things you can do before you ever get there is try to become a proficient caller. Use your calls a lot. And then also look at the terrain. Um, start looking at it all around the mountainside. Um, you look for the places that look pretty undesirable, like, ah, that looks hard, that looks difficult. Wow, I don't know, that looks really rough. That's probably be the way, place I would start, you know, get to um, if I were you. Or maybe let's say if you're looking at your, your GPS maps and you see kind of a secluded basin that takes a lot of off-trail effort to get there. Maybe you have to climb up over a super high elevation ridge to get there, but drop in. That, that's, that's all the separation right there. A lot of people are just not willing or capable to, of doing that. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, it's kind of the whole, you know, hunt, hunt steep, not deep mentality. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, you can. You some, can. sometimes it's not too far from the road. You can get to some really nasty stuff that nobody else is willing to go into. Yeah, and, uh -huh. th and that kind of brings up another point too. A lot of people have a destination that they're gonna, they're gonna go in six miles to start hunting and they pass up a lot of good stuff in that one to three mile range, um, you know, and they're just like, oh, it's too close to the road. Well, especially at trailheads, that early part, uh, depending if there's, if it's got good habitat, can hold a lot of elk in that kind of that middle zone. Mm -hmm. And if you're gonna run into crowded trailheads, a lot of times it's horse trailers and stuff that we've found, you know, those guys are not going a mile. Those guys are going way, uh, way in there. And like Cody said, that one, yeah. To that one to three mile range is sometimes uh, super profitable and there's not a lot of people at all because they're all way back in, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I understand. yeah, you don't have to be 12 miles uh, in to kill an elk. You, you, you just gotta hunt the elk, not, uh, not the people, right? So just go yeah. where the sign's at and when you find the sign, just stay with them. Stay, yeah, gotcha. Absolutely. Well, cool. I appreciate y'all calling me, that's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. man. Where are you from? Yeah, uh, I'm from Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. That's right awesome, on. man. What temperature is it right now? Well, uh, this last week, it just got done, you know, being in the 100, like 100 plus, anywhere between 100 to 105. I'm actually moving to Corpus Christi this week, which is on the coast, and I think the heat index there has been like 114. So oh, my goodness. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Holy moly. Off, God think, bless Texas. I think it will. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, get some good AC. And uh, anyway, yeah. thank you so much for weighing in on your question, man. It was great talking to you. And uh, yeah, good luck this thanks. year. All right. Thanks. Thanks, bud. Yeah, y'all have a good one. All we'll right. You too. We'll see you. Yeah, right. Good luck this fall. Uh, you thanks. too. That's uh, awesome. Just to hear a guy, I mean, I've been to Texas, and there's no elk country there. It's flat. To, to have the mentality, like, I'm going to the mountains in Colorado, it's... Uh, that, that's, that's a comfort zone, man. It's awesome to hear zone. him taking the leap and going for it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's encouraging to me. Just like we talk about anyone can go do this. It's public land. It's over the counter. And then guys that actually are taking action, that inspires me. You know. So just imagine, I'm, I, I always think back when everybody mm -hmm. says a parking lot full. I always think back to the video of uh, Colorado. Yep. When we were out of options, we went, we just threw a dart and went to that place and it was packed. I, oh, mean, I remember driving up the road and it, I'm like, dude, there hasn't been anybody be up awesome. here. Look at this, there's like the road, it 
We're driving in and it looks ghost town. Oh. And all of a sudden we break through and then there's just camp after camp along the creek. And we get to the trailhead and there was like 19 horse trucks and trailers at the trailhead. <laughs> and that wasn't counting the extra wow. trucks. Yeah. yeah, it was insane. Wow. Most, was like one of the most. And I think the biggest thing Trent's like, we just had the confidence and not in an arrogance manner. It's like, we're better hunters. Let's just go in Let's there. Go. Let's not leave a stone unturned. And we had an awesome time. We killed two bulls in three days. Like, How many people did you see on the mountain? Uh, we saw a horse packer on the way in. A uh, guy on the trail. Yeah, a guy uh, muzzleloader hunt, muzzle hunt on the trail. And uh, that, was, that a, was about it. That yeah. was about it. Yeah. A lot of people, and, and I'm not dissing on anything, but a lot of people pay a lot of money to go and to walk up and down a trail at times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's their hunting. And that's, I think, why we're doing this, right? Yep. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear from Kellen after his trip, see how it oh, went yeah. for him. It'll yeah. be awesome. I'm sure it'll probably change his life. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Is this Nick? Hello? Hey, hey Nick, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, this is Trent with Born and Raised Outdoors. How's it going, buddy? Good talk. You there, bud? I'm in a really crappy service area. <laughs> <laughs> That's better now. I can hear. I can hear you better. How you guys doing? Uh, we're doing awesome. I got Cody and I got uh, Dirk Durham here, and uh, we're fielding some calls. And uh, you DM'd us, and, and we wanted to answer your question to the best of our knowledge, if we could. So, uh, yeah, how you been, man? Good, man. How are you guys holding up? Yeah, good, good. Yeah. We just, uh, we don't have the Rona yet, so that's good, right? <laughs> That we know yeah, of. That we know of. So. <laughs> Where are you from? I live in Evans, Colorado. Evans, oh, Colorado. Awesome. Okay, yeah. Awesome elk state. Awesome elk yes, state. Yes, sir. We're yeah. the best. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's your question for us, bud? So, um, I, was, I was calling, or I was asking, actually, um, what early season calling tactics do you guys utilize or have you guys in the past? that you found to be successful um do you guys just go do your locate bugles in the morning and then close the distance or do you guys um just do a locate bugle and then kind of go in as close as you can and then hammer them with the with the bugles and get them fired up yeah so cody yeah i know i I mean i think it kind of all varies you know it, it 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 can be as early you know, as late August that we've had bulls scream. Like here in Oregon, we usually open up the the fourth Saturday in August. Um, so we've had bulls bugling opening day, no problem. Um, the biggest kind of factor there is just if a cow turns in heat, a lot of times, you know, or those bulls are, are kind of posted up waiting for those cows to come in heat. So we always start out with a bugle. Um, doesn't matter day one or, or day 30 of the season. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, like locate bugle for sure morning or, or evenings, but we stay on it most of the day. And, um, you know, we always talk about midday madness type techniques. Um, you know, those bulls might shut up early in the morning, but if you've got a good idea where they're bedded, moving into that, uh, into their bedroom zone and kind of get them fired up out of their bed. And a lot of times in the early season, they may only bugle one or two times but when they do come in, they might come in silent. So you've got to kind of be mentally prepared that it might 
take a little bit longer. They might be a little bit quieter than a mid-September mid peak rut scenario. Um, sure. so, so sometimes that patience kind of plays off and let the curiosity, um, you know, get that bull killed. And, and it kind of all, you, you may get a bull that gets fired up right out of day one that's, that's ready to fight and, and he's going to go at it. So kind of each scenario, each bull is going to be a little bit different. You got to kind of play the cards as, as you're dealt. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we locate bugle from day one. Um, you know, they'll definitely respond to cow calls early in the season as well. But we really don't waver much from our program from the first day of season to the last day of season. That's awesome. That's awesome, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank They're, you so much for answering that for me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. I didn't expect you guys to call me. I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you got one more. This uh, guy named Dirk Durham. He just started in the industry. Pretty new to it. Uh, he just started bugling. He, he sounds decent. Sounds decent. Anyway, Dirk, what do you got, bud? So, also, I'd like to say, let's say you're just not hearing any bugles. You've covered tons of country. The elk sign is there, but you're not yeah. hearing the bugles, right? So... Let's say you, you've kind of figured it out, kind of narrowed it down to where these elk are bedding down. So I would try to get on the downwind side or of these uh, elk bedrooms. And instead of doing a whole bunch of uh, calling right off the bat, what I would probably do is do a little bit, a very minimal amount of cow calls, and then take like a big stick and beat the crap out of a tree. You know, kind of a, like a non-vocal, non-vocal communication. You know, it sounds sure. like, uh, another bull has come along and found these cows and he's raking a tree you know and sometimes that'll suck those bulls out of those out of those bedrooms in the middle of the day um, or also you can, okay. you can you can take it a step That's good to know. yeah That's you good can to know. you can Thank take you, Dirk. I appreciate that man yeah you bet and you can even take it a step further and and once once you kind of do a little bit of a routine after about five ten minutes of raking you know you can do some light bugling and stuff and then slowly let your your calls escalate. Maybe your cow calls get a little louder, get a little more excited. Maybe your bugles get a little bit louder and a little more excited. And then after about a 30, 30 minute scenario, you put it away and you and then you move. You move away probably 30, 40 yards downwind, probably 30 yards downwind of that position. You made all the calls and then wait and be diligent because okay. there, if a bull comes in, he'll probably come in right. looking at that spot you made the, the calls from and uh, you'll be in a little different position, maybe be able to capitalize on that. Nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, Absolutely, bet. bud. Absolutely. Man, thank you so much, and good luck this season. Go kill a giant. Sorry, I'm, it's cutting out. I'm sorry. I'm in, like I said, a really crappy area right now. <laughs> hey, you're fine. You're fine, man. I hope you got some knowledge, and, and if you didn't get all of the call, re-listen to the podcast. We could use the view. Definitely will. I definitely will, guys. Thank you so, so very much. And I I wish you guys the best of luck this season. And I hope you guys stay Rona free. And God bless you guys. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Good luck, man. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll see you. You guys take care. You too. Rona free. See? That's starting to be a thing. That's the thing. That's starting to be a thing. Should we hashtag that? Rona free? Rona free free. since 93. Thanks, Gary. Something like that. Oh, man. It's... I think the perspective is like you can't do anything wrong if you try. Like, I right. mean, you, you'll make mistakes, but right. is that wrong? It's right. something you, if, as long as you learn something out of it. Right. Um, I think like what you said is that 
kind of slow progression. A lot of times we just shoot from the hip and come in with a Wrecking big bat ball. swinging, yeah. you know, yeah. which probably is some wrong at that point in time. But, right, you right. know, I think, uh, like you said, kind of playing it slow sometimes. And, you know, and all of a sudden that elk will be like, man, what is going on over there? I need to go check that out. And, it, and I think a lot of times early season, it's the curiosity and it's not the aggression that kills those right, elk. Right, right. And let's say, you know, you're not in it for the horns. Spikes. Spikes are so now you're, curious. Now you're speaking my name. Yeah. I'm speaking, speaking your language. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Except yeah. in Wyoming, Dirk wouldn't let you shoot a spike. Dirk? I didn't know if they were legal or not. Really pulled me off. If we'd have known it would have been legal, that hunt would have been over. <laughs> you would have sent it. <laughs> I would have sent it. I would have sent it. We would have doubled up that day. On both. I would have oh, sent it. Man. Yeah. yeah. That would have been awesome. Yeah. No, but, and I think Cody touched on it a little bit too, but as far as just, um, yeah, what it's confidence man there's so much around confidence like that if you go into the whole scenario of okay i know how to bugle i know how to cow call and and it's being being willing to make mistakes and being willing to learn from those mistakes well, except I think that's a lot like part of the pro like and i think some Correct. people want a shortcut to success exactly and they don't enjoy the process of learning right yes. they they, right. they want the end result and, and there's a lot of things that you could do to cut that learning curve way down. Oh, nowadays, like, yeah. I mean, when I first started bow hunting in 90, what was that, 94? 18, 94. Oh. Yeah, anyways, there wasn't any of this kind of information out no. there. There was magazine articles, and that's Eastman's old school yeah. elk hunting videos. And that's literally yeah. what I had seen of elk hunting. I'm so watching I, every truth series that's... Oh, yeah, for sure. Every and, year. You know, so, but I think a lot of people skip the enjoyment of the process yeah. like like it's all about the process not the result and I, I you know I think that's one you know just embrace that the struggles the learning curve of it all and it is I, I think it's probably for listeners probably hard for them to say I have confidence in this one something they've never done yeah where we've done it for a long time and we've made those mistakes and now we have confidence that okay we've learned from those um, but like I said your first year out there just go enjoy the process oh, of man. it all. And, yeah. and the, other, the other piece of advice that I would say is like, we, I hear a lot of people, well, it's not 300 inches, I'm not going after it. If you want to learn and if you want to, if you want to speed up your learning curve, you go after every elk that you can. And even if you don't shoot that elk, even if you don't wanna, you know, shoot, try to, you're gonna learn something. You're gonna learn something every single time. Oh, and it doesn't matter. I mean, try to go to the end result. Try to go to the place where I'm going to actually put my pin and shoot something. And if you do that every single time, it, 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 you're going to learn so much more. Uh, we experienced this a lot in Arizona. I was literally just going to bring that up. Last year, we'd run into a lot of people, and they're just like, man, it took me you know, 18 years or five years or six years or whatever, however many years to draw this tag. And I'm like, well, where have you hunted in between, you know, to that? And I, nowhere. It took me 16 years to draw this. And I'm like, well, have you been like to Colorado that you could just go over the counter very easily and learn some stuff? And like, you know, no, I, I've been applying for this tag, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of things out there that's like, man, you can, you can shorten that learning curve a bunch. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, you, you had that, you talked, Cody talked about the process of enjoying it, but also I'm a firm believer in believing in your process. Yeah, it will work. It yeah. will work. I've seen it, and I've I've struck out. I've spent a whole week 
with my process not working at all. Not at all. I've, I've gone a week without hearing a bugle. And then at the very end of the hunt, you find a bull that bugles and then it's like, it's like magic. Yeah. The process works. You call him in, you kill him. It's like, wow. Why we, didn't I mean? Why didn't I do that earlier? We talk about it. it. Literally, only takes one. Yeah, and it and it and it can change so fast. You can have just terrible weather, lots of people, not a lot of elk, and then literally in five minutes you could be tagged out. Yeah, and, you know. So it's, abracadabra, Holmes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. It's magic. It's magic, man. Magic, man. LDR. All right, we got a next caller here. Alex? Alex. Alex, you're better than this. Come it's on, going, bud. Going to voicemail. You think? I'm going to bet voicemail. Dollar? Dollar? Dollar. Come on, Alex. Come on, Alex. Stalker called him. He's probably like thinking it's a... It's yeah. restricted. Yeah, it's like, have you checked your you car insurance the voicemail Alex, right? Alex, right? Yeah, you, you got yeah. We got we got a soccer call, Alex. The, the car, the call, car warranty people. Yeah, car yeah. warranty. I yeah. had one your yesterday. Car warranty expired. In, yeah, is your truck out of warranty? Yeah. We can help. It is. <laughs> they found me again. Yeah. Right now, he's just thinking another spam. A double up spam, though. Double up spam. Is there such thing as a triple up spam? Because we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Might as well. Third time's the charm. Yeah. That's what they say. If he doesn't answer on the third time, leave a message. Hello. Alex? Hello. Yeah. How's it going, buddy? I told you you owe me a dollar, hey. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> this is Trent. This is Trent with Born and Raised Outdoors. Oh, no shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I told you we needed to talk it's to so Alex. restricted, so I was like... <laughs> Uh, I thought it was a spammer. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> See, the double call. The double call worked. The double call worked. I got Cody. I got Cody and Dirk. Uh, Dirk here oh, with me. The bugler. Yes. The bugler. Oh, hey yeah. yeah. What's going on? Sorry for the little bit of surprise, man. Words. No, no, but, no, no, no. You're fine, man. You're fine. Um, so, yeah, you DM'd us. What was your question? What um, kind of? Yeah. What was your question you had, man? I'm going to go, of course, right now. Um, so my question was around how you hunt elk midday versus you hunting them early a.m. and early p.m. And just what, what you know, I wouldn't say trends, but like what tendencies do you look for in a midday hunt versus, you know, early morning, late afternoon as they're feeding I, I or they're going back one, to yeah. bed. All right. Hey, this is Cody here. Good to meet you, Alex. Hey, nice to meet you, man. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, just kind of talking about elk movement in those times, that's going to be your biggest variance a lot of times. You know, morning, they've been feeding uh, feeding in the morning and they're moving to bed. Um, midday, they're in that bedroom. And, you know, in the evening, they're coming back out to feed. So a lot of times, I think in the morning, people focus like, oh, I bugled and he bugled back, but he moved off. He took his cows and he pushed them out of there. Generally, that's not the case. A lot of times those elk are going to a place to bed. They're following that lead cow into, into where they're going to go bed. And that bull's just letting, him know, letting you know they're over there. Um, kind of the okay. same, same deal in, uh, in the evening. They're coming out and, and they're going to be feeding. And they're kind of moving to that, that feeding zone. So honestly, for us, the best, a lot of times the best point of calling them in is in that midday scenario 
those cows are bedded down, the bull's comfortable okay. with what's going on, and that's when he'll be be willing a lot of times to leave those cows. They're pretty content, and he'll he'll go check that out. But it's a okay. lot of that movement, and I think um, you know, like I said, a lot of people quit at 10 a.m. They go back to camp and yeah. and cook yeah. breakfast and have a lunch and take a nap, and then they come back out for the last hour of daylight and. And I think that's probably one of the, the worst mistakes people can do. You know, killing elk all day long is, is feasible. Yeah. So. Was Atlanta the free 2.0 and you guys were having a peanut butter jelly sandwich and that bull came in? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it's definitely happened uh, time and time again. So um, I think the biggest, the big thing too in the morning is they're moving and they're fit animals. They got four legs, they live right. in the mountains. It's hard to keep up with them, but you know, just try to keep that vocal, you know, alignment and knowing where they're going, and use that to your advantage. You know, as it comes to midday when they start slowing down and get into the bed. So, Dirk, you got something? Yeah, I, I'd like to say too. You know, that that may be your best time of day to kill a herd bull. So really? he's put his cows to bed. He's comfortable where they're at. He's in a very defensible position as from an elk standpoint. So right. if you can call him out of that bedroom, um, it's, it's very feasible to be able to call it one of those big yeah. herd bulls away from his cows because he don't want you in the bedroom. So he's going to come out and meet you at the perimeter. Is he, gonna, is he going to, I apologize for the wind, is he going to continue to like circle the area with his cows? No, no, the, the cows, will, they'll stay right there bedded. They, they won't even get up. But that oh, bull... No, no, I'm not talking about the cows, I'm talking about the bulls. Are they going to continue to be moving or are they going to bed with them? Uh, the bed, the bulls will bed down too, but eventually, at some point, he's gonna get tired of laying there. He's gonna right. get up. He's, he's gonna get yeah, he's gonna get up. He's gonna rub his horns. He's gonna go check the cows that are laying around. He maybe maybe there's a wallow close by. He'll go visit that. He'll leave those cows and go visit that wallow and get a cool, a little bit of a cool down. But right. uh, that leaves him ripe for the picking, man. You if you can get up there, make sure the wind's good and 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 aggravate him enough. I've seen him after like one one or two challenge bugles, those things come running right out of the bedroom. Other times it's, it's taken a little bit of time to work them up and get them, get them pulled out. But uh, it's a definitely a great, great time. And if you're not hunting that midday, and I'll say this too, especially like on a full moon. If a full moon, I've, I've had a really good success middle of the day because those, those elk are going to bed a lot earlier in the morning. And that bull, he's kind of, He's got all this testosterone running through his blood. Sowing his oats. Yeah, he wants to sow his oats and nothing's happening because it's they spent all night running around, but he's ready to go again. You come up yeah. there and, and give push his buttons just right, you have a pretty good shot of shooting him. Well, and this year's, I mean, I'm sure all the hunters have looked at it, the moon, the patterns this year are terrible, right? And so it's like, there's a lot of big moons this year. And so it's like, maybe that's that's the key this year is finding them midday and kind of pissing them off. and someone up absolutely yeah. i'm with you yeah 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 where do you plan on hunting this year what state yeah so i'm in colorado so i moved here a couple years ago and then we had a buddy of ours uh he passed away a, a, you know last year and uh he got me into it or you know he inspired me to get into it and so publicly and hunted up north colorado and then kind of hunt more midwest this year and just kind of fully obsessed with it. So. Good that's deal, awesome. Man. That's man. awesome. That's awesome. You're on the golf course right now. What's our, what are we shooting? What's our score? 
You know what? I've uh, I picked up a few balls and said, let's just move on to the next hole. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's so, all right. When you get into a real wooded area, look for balls. That's my game. Right? That's my game. If I can come out with more balls than I, than I started with, that's a big win. That's a big win. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys calling, man. You know, saw the note last night and was like, well, I'll try it out and see what happens. And Absolutely. It came up restricted, and I... I'm in marketing, so I get a lot of spam calls for work. Oh, and yeah. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to answer this. I was like, man, it keeps ringing. <laughs> we had the stalker call, yeah. And I heard, I heard Trent's voice, and I was like, oh, my goodness, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's right awesome, on, Alex. Have a great uh, have a great the rest of your day, man. And, and thank yeah. you so much for, pers- for, for participating with us, man. Yeah, awesome, guys. Thank you for everything. You know, you guys, I'm sure you guys get this a lot, but you guys inspire a lot of people. And you get people off the couch into the woods, and that's what it's all about. So, oh, that's everything. awesome. Dude. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate that, man. So, good well, luck this year. Good, send, good luck this year. Send us some pictures. Yeah, we'll do. All right. See you, brother. Right, thanks. Right, see you, man. Bye. That was so cool. That was awesome. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about. Uh, yeah, it, it's. I think a lot of people, uh, we've hunted with them, honestly. It's just, you know what? Well, you got a morning hunt, and you got an evening hunt, and that's hunting, yeah. right? You don't. They don't think midday. They don't think, you know, things are going to happen in that realm. And, and that's honestly, like, well, from what we've experienced, it's probably 80% of the elk that we've killed has yeah. been right in the middle of the day. Yep, right, absolutely. Right in the yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, another misconception, right? So, pretty cool. Alex is, Alex is yeah, a, sounds like great a great guy. dude. Yeah. Come on, Sean. Dollar? You already owe me one. Double or nothing? Double or nothing. Double or nothing? Yeah. Okay. Are we doing first call or two calls? Uh, three calls. Oh. <laughs> the odds yeah. are really stacked. Well, the stalker call is a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. Come on, Sean. You're better than this. You have reached Sean. At least we know his name is Sean. So, got to try got, again. Got the right number. We're trying again. Right now he's going, oh, I thought that was it. He's thinking, uh, maybe. We're gonna have to dig deep in the pockets on the third oh, ring, man. third one. This might put me back to zero. <laughs> hey, Sean. This is Trent from Born and Raised Outdoors and I just won $2. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, man, yeah. Uh, I saw the saw the call twice. I said, "I better get that, man." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We try to stalker call the ones the ones hey, that are really. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Hey, uh, thank you so much for uh, for DMing us and stuff. And um, what was your question, man? Man, you know, it, of course, I've got a thousand questions all the time. And then when you go to think about it and send a send a, a message, you always forget what you really want to ask. But you know, you guys just talk about going as far as you can or you know going into an area and and looking for animals um you know what is it i guess how far are you guys really going in you know i mean sure sure i do high country on the west side of washington um and i mean we do 10 12 miles a day type thing too but that's legit it's so it's so you know deceiving and and shitty excuse my language i guess but uh you're fine it's just, it's just tough when it's so thick and you can't get into anything out here. So I guess 
you know, I guess I'm just trying to figure out what you guys really do and how far you guys actually go in on some of this stuff. Are you guys diving in off these ridges, you know, and going two, three ridges in? Right. And mainly, I guess you guys hunt the west side of Oregon, and so that's really what I'm talking about because Colorado and different states are more open and easier to maybe hike because of the terrain is not as thick. Yeah, so, yeah, I would I would totally agree. Uh, I got Dirk and Cody here with me. Um, uh, yeah, so, I would, I, yeah, we on – it's a whole different deal, right, as far as the west side of Oregon versus Colorado or Wyoming, uh, depending on what you're doing. And, uh, Cody, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, like, we – the terrain dictates that. So, if we're hunting western Oregon, a lot of times we're on mountain bikes or yeah, – cat. cutting out just a little bit. Uh, a lot of times, depending, you know, here in Western Oregon, we're, we're either on mountain bikes or cat roads. So we do get quite a few miles in here on the west side. We typically don't dive in so much deep uh, unless we got a bull going. And uh, so we try to cover as much ground as possible just because the density of elk is lower. Um, so using, using trails or cat roads or even your truck to, to cover as much ground as possible is kind of what we stick to. And then once we get a bull going, we won't, you know, we'll go to wherever it's going to take us. Um, and so that, it kind of varies. I mean, we've had days where we didn't leave, you know, a mile area just because yeah. the elk were there and we're not going to leave those elk uh, to go find some more. And we've had days, you know, that 10, 12, 14 mile stuff, um, which isn't awesome, but it, it's, it's definitely one. So it, it really kind of varies on that terrain and, and what you're seeing for elk sign. Um, you know, if, and I would encourage, you know, if, if you hunt the same area and you're not coming up with good results, try to find a new area too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dirk here. Um, Dirk I'd, here. I'd like to also to say, so depending from state to state, um, every year I hunt, you know, different states. So in Wyoming, for instance, a guy might get a 16 mile day if you're just doing day trips, right? Um, if you're bivy hunting, you're probably going to do, you know, half of that because you don't have the in and the out every, you know, every morning you got to hike in, every evening you got to hike out. Um, North Idaho, where I hunt, is so darn brushy and thick country. Five miles kind of equals five six miles may equal 16 miles in Wyoming. So it just kind of depends. So. I cover as much country as I possibly can and still try to find elk, you know, and, it, and in Idaho or, or, or in the country that like, like kind of like what Cody said, if it's thick and it's hard to get very many miles, you know, you're, you may be on a, a, in a truck or a quad or a dirt bike or a, a pedal bike, whatever it takes to, to kind of cover that country, you know, respective to the laws of the, of the travel management plan. But uh, I want to try to, I want to uncover every single stone in my hunting area to make sure I can find a bull that'll bugle. Your guys' service is horrible, bud. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I hope it comes through on a podcast because I, uh, I can't hear anything you guys have said so far, which is all right because hopefully I'll be able to hear it in the, in the podcast. See, but this <laughs> works out. Yeah, this this will work out, actually. This yeah. will work out. So. Yeah, what the gist of it is, Sean, the gist of it is, is we kind of let our bugles do our walking for us at times, and um, we cover as much country as we can just to try to find, just to try to find a, a, a biter, you know, uh, one that wants to, one that wants to play our game. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And next, 
next question is when are you guys coming to Washington? You know, we get that question actually a lot. And at some oh, point. All at, the time, man. Oh, man, all the time. And at some point, we're going to definitely, we're going to have to pull that trigger. Um, as long as someone's got one tied up for us, that would be great. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough state. There's just not a. There's not big herds is the thing, you know. You get into little threes and fours, and you know, every once in a while you get the twenty or thirty head. But it's it's just Western Washington. They seem not to group together in huge herds unless they're down in the farmers' valleys. Yeah, copy that. Well, we deal with the same stuff here in Oregon. I think we deal with the same the same kind yeah. of deal. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of private and trying to tiptoe around. You know, where we can where we can actually hunt elk and stuff like that. But um, but yeah. yeah. Man, I appreciate the call, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Keep it up and uh, look for a successful season. All right, buddy. Be safe this year and uh, good talking yes, to sir. you. You too. All right. We'll see you, Sean. Yep. And one more thing, man. Ensley sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Ensley sucks. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> yep. Bye. Bye. Uh, Bravo's we're great, dude. Yeah, tough He brought the heat on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, it is a good question because I mean, we, it, you can't just like stick a number on it and say, "Here's what you need to hike to kill an elk." Yeah, no, no, you no, know, no. yeah, you just never know. You may have a short day. You may get into elk and have a five mile day. You may have a how many times have we day? said we've hunted our butts off all season long? And then we just honestly stepped out of the rig. I, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I don't know, paraphrasing a little bit, but, and everything just went right. The elk came in to where we wanted it and it shot it and it's dead right there. And it was so easy. No, well, you know I, mean, I mean, we had a case with Trevor and Phelps and I in Colorado in 2018, but we had these bulls screaming at night, had them screaming at daylight. And by 8.30, they shut up and we literally scooted off from where we camped went 300 yards in the basin and sat in the same spot for eight hours. First time I've ever done that. And four o'clock in the afternoon when they started bugling, we were right in the heat of it. And that was, we had that bull come racing That's in. That's where you had the elk. Yeah, I mean, it was just a scream fest. We had just yeah. elk and elk and elk. And if we would have left that area because the bull shut up and we would have gone to another basin, we would not, and we didn't hike but a mile that day. Yeah. Like max. Easy know? day. So it, 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 it all kind of varies. You know, if those elk have been used in that same area, don't don't leave it, don't leave but it. you know you got to find one that wants to play the game too. True. Correct. True. Don't leave them to find them, but at the same time, sometimes you have to go the extra mile and do that 15 mile day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, I think we're good. I think we have uh, uh, maxed yeah, out some this, of the calls. I forgot. We, how fun I don't want to take was. it too long because there is more calls. But thank you to everybody. Go ahead, Code. Yeah. No, I think this this format, like what we so originally fun. talked about with the audio experience, was just like having that interaction having the ability to talk to people hearing the questions because th there's a lot of great questions there that oh, kind of yeah. the knowledge base or experience we kind of take for granted what we've known or you know and sometimes they delve into other questions and dig deep you know yeah a little bit yeah deeper. so it's so. it's just good and it's always good with dirk here the laughs are non-stop <laughs> the two of you guys are descriptive uh, i don't know step brothers so <laughs> no, yeah what, what what are you trying to say yeah <laughs> magic <laughs> man magic <laughs> el diablo yeah <laughs> isn't that like a fighting chicken or something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, i just wish you guys were here right now because they're sitting in uh, trent uh, nacho trente costume and 
Savage Bugler costume. <laughs> they are not. They are not. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> see, see, that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> not really. Uh, you need to watch the movie. I, I did bring some face paint, so maybe there'll be some painting later. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Thank you guys so much for listening to this one. And um, anyway, we're gonna do. We're gonna try to do some more of these. So get ready to DM us because we may be calling you tomorrow or next week. Thanks, guys. We'll see you.